Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rash Pixel FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here, as always, with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete. I was tempted to start that with a uh, day 10 of the quarantine. You know, know. we need some, like, brooding music. We are not brooding today. We're feeling good. We're feeling strong. We're feeling rested. Rested. We're Mm -hmm. trying to be role models for others. That's right. (laughs) That's what we're trying to do today. We're doing our best. (laughs) We are doing our best to come with good cheer. And we have a a fantastic friend joining us for this very show. Before we talk to her, though, head over to Take Control ADHD. You can get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to our mailing list. And we'll send you an email each time a new episode is released. You can connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD. And if this show has ever touched you, you know what I'm going to say. We invite you to join us at patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. Uh, and, and I have to tell you, I am surprised and humbled and thrilled by the number of people who over the last week have jumped in to help support us and help uh, uh, change their membership level to upgrade their membership level to to support what we did. We did a lot of shows last week and we're, we're continuing our our journey to figure out how to best uh, help those in our community. And, and we just deeply thank you for becoming a member of the ADHD community uh, on Patreon. This is listener supported podcasting and, um, uh, you know, your contributions, your monitoring Monetary contributions help us grow, help us do more things with the show, help us to be more reactive when in times of crisis, and um, just help keep old Pete editing all the time. And isn't that <laughs> what right. we? Isn't that what we want, really? Uh, so uh, thank you. Of course, we know we absolutely understand. Times are tight. We've got to make good financial decisions. Um, and for those of you who are able to, uh, we certainly appreciate it. And believe me. We're taking that and we're putting it right back into the economy, tipping those Instacart drivers, helping right. helping the world keep going around. So thank you very much. Patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast to learn more. Oh, dear. Welcome back, our dear and wonderful friend, Caroline McGuire. Hi, Caroline. Hello, Pete. Hello, Nikki. How are you? I'm so glad to be back. Ah. Uh, you we are, are glad a to ray have you. Of sunshine. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, we we had a whole plan to talk to you about something completely different. Yes, we, we did, but we'll do another show about that yeah. sometime soon. Like we right. always have lots to talk about. That's right. That's weird. That's right. 
Just keep talking. Well, today <laughs> we're the, our pivot lands us on uh, children, coronavirus, and uh, talking to kids about crisis and quarantine and all the things that are have got to be very, very confusing uh, for kids and and how they relate. Um, Nikki, what do you think? You want to set us up? My first question is just. It's such a broad question, Caroline, and I'm really sorry. But how how do we talk to our children about this? I mean, this is something we've never gone through in our whole lifetime and probably never will, I hope, right? Fingers crossed. How do we talk to them about this and what's going on? Well, I think the first thing we have to remember is age groups, right? Right. So there's something for littler kids whose language is developed uh, called a social story. And for instance, with younger kids, we can talk to them about Mr. Rogers and the helpers. We can explain um, about, you know, we can make a little picture book where we talk about what's happening now. And I think with little kids, we have to be a little more concrete, right? We have to talk about this as a month, a week. We can't give them this, you know, we don't know what's going to happen thing because it's also just really hard for them timeline-wise. You know, for them, their timeline is a couple hours. It's not weeks. And I think that's one end of the spectrum. And then I think, you know, we were chatting before and we touched upon this. I think when it comes to tweens and teenagers there's a different conversation. Um, and I think there's a few things that were going through my mind when I was when I was getting ready for the show, which is with kids with ADHD, they often don't have a great timeline horizon. They often also don't intuit their role, right? So there's something about executive functions and the brain, not for every kid, but for a lot of kids where... They don't necessarily intuit their role, what they're supposed to be doing, what it looks like, and how to, how to be kind of thing. So I think when we're talking to them, we're not only talking about, you know, safety and, and everything, but we have to be in some cases really explicit with expectations. You know, you can't go hang out with your friends, you know. Um, and here's why and connect to the dots, right? And to also, you know, we had a really wonderful conversation in one of my classes that I teach about part of, you know, teaching the teenagers and the tweens about our larger society, that you are part of something larger. This isn't about you. This is about your role as a citizen and your, you know, sort of Mayflower compact stuff, right? Your role and the larger picture. And I think, in a, you know, this is terrible for so many people and there's so much economics that go into this. So I am not oblivious to that. Um, but when I say like the good part about this is that I think it is an opportunity to pause and to have those conversations, which frankly, we need to have with them anyway. Right. This is about a larger context. Absolutely. And and you're right, because we wouldn't be having those conversation if, if conversations if everything was just sort of normal, business as usual. Right. So it does. You're right. This gives us an opportunity to really talk about community and how you can help others and and what your part is in that. I, I like that. I appreciate that. Yeah, I was thinking of, you know, um, my daughter reads those American girl books, you know, and they're the one of the dolls is at the time of polio. And, you know, when you think about this, you do hearken back to other things that have happened in society. And I think that, you know, if you asked 
our grandparents. If you asked some of us who have parents who were, you know, who were around during that time, um, I think it's important to have those conversations because we have been here in many ways before. We just don't, we personally just don't remember. So I think there's a couple levels to the conversation is really where I'm going with this. And I think one of them should be about your role. And I think with ADHD kids, especially, I don't think we can assume they get it. I, I would be explicit if I were parents. This is what you can do. This is what you can't do. You know, I'm, I'm going to go to schoolwork in a minute, but like about your behavior, your movements, that kind of thing. Well, that, that seems to get to um, one of the sort of splits in the narrative that I, I wonder if there's something that we need to define specifically here. That, that first, and maybe this depends on age groups, first we have this issue about the pandemic, right? We have COVID-19 and it's moving around the planet and it's scary. In and of itself, it's a scary thing, right? It's a boogeyman that is coming around the country and depending on what kind of signals kids are getting, they they might ha- be living under different degrees of sort of fear of this boogeyman that is COVID-19. That's one. And then we have the the social isolation, the, the quarantine stuff, right? And, and we're not really under, nobody's tenting our houses at this point, right? We, 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 we're just, we're doing our part to stem the 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 contact and slow the the disease that seems like a the social isolation is a separate thing that it's possible to your point about roles that kids can totally understand the what covid-19 is what it's doing flattening the curve maybe they're all on board with that and also they really don't like being in the house anymore and how ha- you know I, I, my hunch is for ADHD kids that those two things can exist in completely different worlds Yes. Yes. It's funny because I've been writing an article about the fact that this is a self-regulation nightmare, right? right. So I'll just take from the adult perspective, I'm juggling kids. I'm juggling, you know, all these different aspects. I'm wearing all these different hats. You're getting on the clone with clients and customers and people, and you're having to self-regulate and put forward a certain base, right? And that's going to be hard for adults. And then there's the teenagers and the tweens and the kids who we have in the house and they are having to self-regulate. Um, you know, some parts of the country, it's obviously warmer than others. Um, and that going outside element, that exercise element, I think really helps. But there's a lot of um, self-regulation challenges. I have heard from many coaches, ADHD coaches that, some clients have reached crisis points. I would say of my my experience with this is that a lot of things were a problem. And now if you're stuck in the house, they get accentuated. And so that is not to diminish it, but that is to say this was always an issue. And now it's like a bigger issue. Um, and so, yeah, there's that self-regulation piece. And I think kids can forget they can know on an intellectual level we shouldn't be doing X, Y, and Z and that this pandemic is here. But yeah, to stay in the house is really hard and they can make impulsive decisions. I'm seeing so much of that. I mean, I, you know, I, it's, I, I hate watch 
you know, news clips and interviews with people, you know, flooding the beaches and flooding our coasts. And, and uh, you know, in Oregon, our, some of our small towns on the coast of Oregon, the business owners ha- came together and voted to close, right? Even yeah. though people are flooding to the coast uh, for spring break uh, this week, they're saying we're, we're closed for business because we believe it's the right, safe thing to do. Sorry. Um, and and that's, a, that's a real struggle when you see those kinds of signals in the media. And then you do start to wonder, am I, am I the crazy one here? Like, really? I know, again, on an intellectual level, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. And yet, am I the crazy one here? Everybody else seems to be having such a good time. Well, and I think that's why I said there's this like larger discussion about citizenship and yeah. being part of something larger and the the role that you need to play. Um, and, you know, I just think about World War II and our grandparents. And sometimes you sacrifice and you you play a role and that role isn't pleasant, right? right. Um, so I think, yeah, it's very hard because you see that. But on the other hand, um, you know, People are suffering. Waitresses are not making their wages. You know, nail salons here are closed, so they're not making their wages. All those services are not happening. Shops are not open. You know, bookstores Hotels. are not open. Yeah. You think about the housekeepers, the maintenance. But yeah, all of that is crazy. <laughs> all that's happening. So my thing would be because of that, it, you know, obviously because of health and, and whatnot, but also because of those people suffering you don't get to go to the beach, you know, like, and, and I think it's, I think it's important to have young people get it that those small movements can really affect others. Um, but I, I also think that um, there's, there's a fear factor that you touched on mm-hmm. that we should talk mm-hmm. about too. Let's talk about that. Yeah, Cause I, I very that. much, yeah, I yeah. see that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll just tell a personal story. I was um, a little upset at the last days that we were in school because kids were getting all riled up and upsetting each other and getting themselves worried. And I felt like the, the school should have stepped in and sort of, you know, had a meeting and said, you guys, it's all going to be fine and like calm them down. Mm-hmm. And instead, they would get off the bus just so worked up. And, you know, kids have access to news and information and electronics nowadays. So they can read all the stuff we can read. And I think there is a factor where we as the adults, I don't know if you have to do meditation or yoga or go running on the treadmill, but we have to be the ones remaining calm and leaving things in a fact-based way and also helping kids to reassure them. And one of the things that I know a lot of psychiatrists have advised is, you know, not to say you can't go on the internet, but, you know, make sure their sources of information are legitimate and that who they're interfacing with, even in a distance socialization, are not people getting them more fearful and riled up. And if that means you have to speak to the grandparents or the aunties or whoever and say, you know, you need to be a helper here, that may need to happen. Because what I've noticed is kids getting each other riled up, 
even in oh, a distance. Oh, for sure. Way. Yeah. You know? Well, especially like I think about my daughter, my daughter's age group, you know, they're eighth graders and they're 13, 14 years old. And, uh, oh yeah, they are totally riling each other up. You know, I yeah. heard this, I heard that. My mom said this, my mom said that. TikTok. Right. They're on yeah. TikTok all the time and they're getting like information off of TikTok. Yes. I'm like, don't believe anything you see on TikTok. Please don't believe anything <laughs> yeah. on TikTok. That's exactly the news source yes. I was thinking of, Nikki. I was literally just thinking of that yes. when I said news that's, source. That's not where you go. <laughs> very generous that you call it a news source. It's unfortunate. Right. But but you know, there is Well, I'm saying like yeah, it's not TikTok a news source. Not. TikTok no. is not Facebook too, because you see people reposting things and you have to ask yourself like you know where did they get that where did that gut come from it's like i just don't trust it so anyway sorry go no, no no I, I, it was to that point exactly because this is what what i've been seeing happening at just you know, in in my own observation over the last week, you get everybody's working at home. I do a lot of video calls, right? As I know you both do too. And this is what I see. We're having a nice conversation and then their eyes off the video call will go up, usually over the camera, and they'll do this. Uh-huh. No. I don't. Yes, you can use the iPad. Yes. Go. Would you close the door on your, please? <laughs> yes, you can use. It's fine. I'll talk to you when I'm, and bring me some coffee. Yeah, bring me some coffee. That's what I get, right? <laughs> that is, I think, a perilous thing if you are not aware, right? Because we're seeing more kids, my hunch is, getting more screen time over a very short period of time. And if you're not aware of those news sources that they might accidentally be stumbling on, right? The, the tablets are incredibly generous with notifications. And if you're just yeah. handing your iPad to a kid, then the news notification shuts, comes down and you know to ignore it because it's not nonsense, but they might not. And when they see that headline, that's a scary thing. And what I'm holding up is these are the children's iPads. Mm -hmm. They are living in my office. And and I'll, I'll tell you, personally, I am incredibly, uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm an incredible warden when it comes to the screen time manager. Like, I just turn stuff off from my phone. Nobody can do anything. My kids are like, why did YouTube shut off? Well, because I'm worried about you. So like, I, I do that and I manage it, but I know not a lot of people do. And that creates fear. Well, I don't know how to do that. I would love to do that. I just don't know how. So yeah. I do the old fashioned, like I pull the cord <laughs> yeah. from the wall kind of thing, you know, like I'm like, here, I'm taking this. But I think, but I think Pete, to your point, that's, that's actually a really good point is that forget about just like, oh, too much screen time isn't good for you and all that. Look, we're all working from home and parents yeah. are juggling a lot. So I, I really feel like let's not get into some big judgmental thing about that. Screen time is not the problem. Screen time isn't the problem, but it's the news source. It's TikTok. It's Snapchat. It's um, it's all these different sources that they are getting information from and they're riling each other up. And also, it's this idea of uncertainty. Right. And so I know that my daughter was just telling someone that one of her friends was saying that the mother was talking about the stock market. So, you know, they're having FaceTime chats because they're away from each other. And that's good to have a little communion once a day with your friends. But what's interesting is that they're, they're picking up things from us as adults and they're carrying them forward. I didn't even know 11-year-olds really knew what the stock market was. They right. probably really right. don't. But I think the point is that we have to mm -hmm. remain calm, 
right? And whatever you have to do to do mm-hmm. that, you know, um, if you, <laughs> we're worried here since they're going to tell us to shelter in place that they mean don't take your car out and go for a drive to get away from your family for half an hour because <laughs> that's something people do. But I think it's really important, like what Nikki said, the information is not always flowing from the best sources. And sometimes it's flowing from their peers. Absolutely. I I have been getting screenshots of text chats from my son who was saying, like, is this true? And it's just one after another, uh, you know, 13-year-old who's writing to him saying, did you hear they're going to start checking us? Police are going to be at the borders of the town and all of these things that, that, you know, it is possible that they're going to be here, right? That That is a new reality that we're adjusting to, that we're going to see more uniformed officials in the streets. We're going to see more uniformed officials in military building hospitals and tents. We're already seeing that here. We've talked about it last week on the show. They're building a major new hospital facility. They did it in Washington. It's happening. But to keep framing the conversation, not about the fact that these people are here, but what they are here to do. And that job is to keep us safe. That job is to keep us healthy. That job is to make sure that the people who are, you know, our avatars for this disease are actually, you know, going to have the resources that they need, hopefully not running out of those things because we're quarantining ourselves, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And and so that I, I worry that those signals, those social media signals and the signals coming from, you know, figures of authority that are clearly not true, uh, those things. Are, are coming through just as data points without the purpose behind right. them. Right. And and I think, you know, just it's interesting because Nikki, Nikki and I are both trained coaches. And so what comes to my mind right now is something that should have come to my mind originally, which is, you know, a question like, what are you worried about? What, what does this screenshot mean to you? You know, I notice you, you know, on Facebook, you know, you don't normally go there. What's that about? Because I think, you know, we have this opportunity to to be in our homes with our kids. Um, to me, there's a there's a lot of noise, but there's mm-hmm. also less noise. Mm-hmm. And we're allowed to say we're going to do things in a simpler way. So, you know, it, none of us asked for this, but since we have it, you know, I think we have this opportunity to kind of ask them those questions, engage in a discussion and keep them calmer. And also, like you said, Pete, keep them focused mm-hmm. on the why, you know? And like, I'm not a great biologist by any stretch. I know a lot about the brain, but, you know, um, we have an opportunity to teach them a little bit more right, about yeah. science, right? Because right? some of this is scientific. Um, and and I think, you know, there everybody has that intention um, but we all also get caught up ourselves mm-hmm. as adults because we're right. seeing the Facebook mm-hmm. feed, you know? I have a question. I kind of want to switch gears a little bit to the school because I had, uh, we had a family dinner last night and I asked my kids, you know, how, how do you guys feel about the possibility of having school in the summer? 
Well, their response was really interesting to me because it wasn't, they didn't really answer the question. They came back with, well, I've heard that they can't have school in the summer. And I've heard that the teacher unions won't let that happen. And, you know, so they kind of go back to what they've heard. So, um, and really basically the, the conversation was, we really don't know what's going to happen, but we need to be kind of prepared that that might happen, that you may have to make up some of this since, you know, in the summer. But my question is not only around how to deal with maybe that potential uh, situation, right, that they have to go to school in the summer, but just in general, like, how do we, how do we do online learning right now? We don't have it. So I don't know if that's going to be something that's going to happen in our house, but I know it's happening in a lot of houses where they do have to teach and any thoughts, advice, suggestions around that. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. It's actually kind of funny because it's such my wheelhouse, but I haven't done a lot of writing about it. I've been doing a lot of writing about the social piece, but I haven't done a lot of writing about this piece. Um, But I think there's a few things. One, do not let the Facebook posts of other people allow you to feel bad about your ADHD child. So I don't know about your Facebook, but my feed is full of people who must have neurotypical or sainted children. And they show the schedule color-coded and they're homeschooling. And allegedly, everyone is following the schedule. They've converted their garage into a gym and people are having actual, you know, like, first we do this, then we do that. And a lot of my clients, a lot of people I'm in touch with are feeling very badly because our ADHD kids, it is not as easy to get them to learn at home. Um, first, let yourself off the hook. I don't know who those children are. I think it's probably fake and probably they're fighting just as hard. And maybe the parents made a schedule. But like, I'm sorry, the, do not, you're not, you're not going to be at the same standard. Your kid isn't just going to make a schedule and go along there if they have ADHD. It's going to be a much different process. And so I want to first say like, please don't take that in because it's preposterous and it's not probably real, right? Like my bet is it's not real. One day. Yeah. And it lasted one day. And, and hey, if it is real, mazel tov. That's not our people, right? Mazel tov. That's not who our kids are. And so that's A. B, I think we have to adjust our expectations in terms of what do you need to do in order to manage all this? Because we're all wearing many hats. I'm not saying that we don't teach our kids, but let me just take college students for a, a minute. A lot of people have left college and they are doing this distance learning at home. Now, first of all, a lot of our kids don't do as well with online classes. There's a ton of self-management And there's a ton of self-advocacy needed because your professor isn't looking at you every few days, right? So first and foremost, parents that I know are now very involved in something that they didn't want to be involved with. But, But I think that's where we have to go to the ADHD way versus the neurotypical way. So I'm so glad you brought this up because I work with a lot of college students and they're getting and they're nervous, right? This is the first week that they are on um, online courses. And it's really interesting, I guess, 
maybe I was being a little naive because I, I was thinking that they wouldn't have such a hard time with the transition because some of them have taken online courses before. But man, was that, I mean, that is wiped away. They are nervous and they're anxious. And some of them are are really afraid that they started out really well. And now they're afraid that they're going to decline. So when you talk about the ADHD way, what is that? Like, what advice can I uh, give or or support? How can I support? Because it's not advice. How can I support my my clients and everybody that's listening to this who's doing online learning? What is that ADHD way? So when I say the ADHD way, I mean that we have to do things differently, right? So one thing, many of the colleges that had um, sent the students home, they are now reopening the coaching function. And you should check into a parents because in some cases, you didn't have to have it before because they know that these kids are going to reach a point of crisis. So if you if you need to... Maybe your kid didn't have a coach before. Maybe they weren't open to it before. But maybe now that they're scared, you have an opportunity. So when I talk about the ADHD way, I mean, we do things differently. We need more body doubles. We need need more support. And also, you know, the problem with online learning is that um, in many cases, we find it a little boring. Boredom is how we ignite the brain, you know, the, the opposite. We need interest. So I think there's a couple things. One, I would talk to your child about how can you make this interesting, you know, and is it that you, you know, run on the treadmill while you listen to your class? Is it that you do it at night and I'm kind of sitting next to you and just, you know, is it that you all get on some kind of chat function. And while you're doing your classes, you're connecting distance-wise with your friends. Um, But if there is a coaching possibility, whether a private coach or through the college, I would enact that as fast as I could because that can be a tremendous support. The other thing is um, some schools have also started saying you can take pass-fail. And I have talked to some parents who feel vehemently, you know, well, we're not going to do that. Well, you know, I think in some cases we have to we have to deal with what what the cards were being dealt. And your kid might have done great if they were in person, but now they're doing this distance. So if there's an opportunity to make this a pass fail situation, this might be a better thing. The other thing is reach out to professors, say to them, this is not going. It's been five days. This isn't going well. And I've been finding that they have been really receptive, especially if they already have accommodations in place. They're going to see that as being something that they are going to want to help you with. The other thing I want to talk about with the pass and fail for all of the parents out there that are listening, I have heard firsthand how the anxiety level has gone down incredibly um, because they have the option of taking it pass fail. So if you know, I, I'm just thinking of one student in particular. He he just he told me now that that's an option. I mean, his anxiety is from a ten to you know an eight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> still not great, <laughs> but but it's still like it decreases the pressure. And so I just want to emphasize that I've heard it. They they really it helps. It helps. Yeah, that's. I think that's why I brought it up because I think. Um, the pressure and the anxiety is the biggest thing that I'm hearing and seeing. And, you know, as you, as Nikki and I have both gone to, and I'm uh, an instructor at the ADD Coach Academy. And so I'm hearing from 
the, not just my clients, but the coaches. So I'm hearing from, you know, hundreds of coaches and they're saying that that is a huge thing. The other thing is that, you know, helping and coaching your child to reach out to the professor and maybe they didn't disclose their ADHD. Maybe six months ago, they wouldn't even talk about it with you, your kid, I mean. But but maybe now that they're a little scared, we can get them to do that and they will. And I'm seeing a lot of that. The other thing I want to mention, Nikki, is um, you, you know, anxiety, which you touched on, and any kind of mood issues that are coming up um, is to not be afraid. You know, we may not be allowed to go see certain people, but reaching out to the psychiatrist, you know, talking about mood, having your kid regularly rate their mood. You know, how's your mood today? What do we need to do to get you energized? You know, I am a big, huge fan of doing wacky things to get your brain engaged to then do your schoolwork. Because right, this right. is kind of boring. Yeah. Well, and I know that many therapists are doing the telehealth. So, well, uh, they, yeah. And, and I was yeah. going to jump in on that because I, I've spent the last week, you know, helping therapists migrate to telehealth. And so I, I, I will say it is a struggle for a lot of therapists. This is a completely new model. Uh, and yet they have to. They have to, for an un, indeterminate amount of time, they have to figure out how to migrate their practice online. And that's not working for some people and it's working great for others. But my, I, I would encourage you to reach out because this last week, you know, it, it has seen an incredible shift in what the therapeutic community is doing, is able to do. And, uh, you know, in large part, you might be surprised if you reach out what your therapist is going to say. Like, uh, you know, what I've heard is, gosh, yeah, where I'm, I'm doing it. I'm on it. I'm on a HIPAA compliant video provider. I'm doing all the things right. And I'm ready to talk to you uh, from your phone, from your home, wherever it is, I'm ready to help. And so um, that's that's where we are right now. There, there is an option. It may not be palatable, but there is an option. Yeah. I mean, my son um, is five and he has a speech delay and he is going to start mm -hmm. seeing his speech pathologist um, via tele seminar mm -hmm. or whatever tomorrow yeah. for like 20 minute sessions granted because he's little but i mean they're all trying to do things so i think really we we have to encourage our young people to reach out i also think um it would be good if parents are struggling with structure lack of structure kids going into the bedroom and not coming out to have a conversation and, and make it a very collaborative conversation, not autocratic about this. We're all in this together. You know, we would like some times of the day when you're doing work, we would like some times of the day when you're, you know, contributing toward the family, all the things that parents are feeling to actually, instead of cracking and screaming and all the stuff that we do as parents to have a conversation and also to, um, hear their concerns, right? Maybe they are used to having so much privacy and now they don't have any. So having that collaboration um, is really, I think, important too, because um, if we're in this for a while, we don't want to be fighting with those in our house. 
I got to say, in, in addition to that, one of the things that is that has helped us over the last week that we've kind of adopted, we, we've called them swaps for a long time, right? Distraction swaps, like when you've worked for a long time and you just need a break. I don't know why we call them swaps. Sometimes it's, you know, I just want 15 minutes to watch a YouTube video and then I'll get back to work. I promise, Dad, that kind of a thing. Um, we have, it, we're just increasing the number of stations in our house for swaps. So we put out a puzzle on the kitchen table so that's one area for a swap. We've put out, uh, there's music. My son has started playing the piano out of nowhere. And so we got him the little app, the the musician piano playing app, and that's over at the piano on an iPad. And so he can turn that on and go through a lesson. Um, so there's one station. Uh, we have the backgammon table set up in the living room. So a backgammon board set up on the ottoman in the living room so we can, you know, move in pairs in there and play a game of backgammon. Like, I would just say that's been a really nice change in our house, just in the overall flow, because it involves all of us. You know, me and my wife, we're trying to do the, our thing. The kids are doing their thing, but sometimes we all need a break, and that helps engage our brains in a different way than just I'm going to take a break and watch a 20 minute show on Netflix. Uh, so, well, actually, to that point, Pete, I would jump in and I would say, you know, one of the golden rules with kids on the autism spectrum is to create a place for them to do work and not their bedroom, a place. So, one of the things that I've been doing and I've been doing at home is, um, you know, to set up a place where kids can do their schoolwork. Maybe you sacrifice your dining room. Maybe, you know, that's not their bedroom, right? So there's a little bit of eye line there. And you actually create those stations. So if you're trying to get them to do things, instead of it having, you know, go a little Montessori style, right? Instead of it being like, you know, you're fighting them on, you said you'd start at five o'clock to have like little stations throughout the house, like, now you're going to move to do, you know, your science and you're going to go to, you know, the kitchen island to do it and to give them that variety. But also there's something about like having a place and knowing yeah. that that's what school is, right? It's the right. place you mm -hmm. do this stuff. Yeah, that's great. Um, oh, and also we would be remiss if we didn't say if your school is giving a ton of work, your kid can receive accommodations. So even though they're at home, you can write to your teacher and say, I know some kids are able to get 40 minutes worth of work done per class, but it's making our <laughs> lives hell. So can right, you right. cut this down? Well, and something else I want to make a point of is the transition period, right? It's really difficult for ADHDers to have to not have a transition. And I've been finding this with some of my adult clients that, yes, I'm working from home, but then I go home. I'm home. Like there is no time, right, to transition from work to home and all of that. So I think that, you know, going to your point of having these different areas and then having that kind of transition time to know, you know, give yourself that that buffer, that moment to know that, okay, this is what I'm doing next. But go do a, you know, take a walk, go outside, do something that kind of separates it a little bit so that you can feel that transition time, um, I think will help too. Because right now it's taken away from them. I mean, they're, they're home and that's it. So something to kind of think about too, is how, how can you make that transition happen? I agree. That's a really great idea is to give them that transition mm -hmm. and that shift. And that might be a Absolutely. way to avoid fights too, is that the minute they walk down into the kitchen at breakfast, whatever time it is, maybe you wanted it to be 8am and it's now 10am, give them that transition. And then 
you know, when they're awake and they've had their Cheerios, now sit down and have, when I say collaborative conversation, I mean, not where you talk at them, but where you ask them, okay, here's my dilemma, right? I need us to have structure because I am still working and doing whatever. Can we talk about a start time that's a compromise that would work yeah. for both of us. It makes sense and it makes such a huge difference. I remember when my daughter was um, diagnosed with ADHD just recently and my husband and I were talking about um, some different strategies and he had gotten an idea from her doctor that she, he thought was this really great idea, right? On how to kind of keep her um, her planner which doesn't really work, but (laughs) have these ideas, these great ideas about how to keep her time organized. And his approach right away was to tell her, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to do this. So this is what you should try. Well, the coach in me, of course, was like, no, stop. You can't do that. (laughs) We need to ask her, what does she want to do? What does she think will help her keep her stuff organized? What, what, um, what has worked with her? What is she willing, you know, and really trying to ask the questions so that the idea comes from her and it really is coming from her, right? She really is developing her own plan, which makes so much more sense and is going to stick much better than us telling her what to do. And, um, you know, thankfully my husband has really taken that to heart and, he doesn't do that anymore. I mean, we're asking a lot of questions rather than just, like you said, you're not talking at them. It makes such a difference in your relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, and if I can just say, like, in why will no one play with me? Because yes. Amazon is still delivering. Um, there's a whole, there's like several chapters about using this method of That's open right. questions that Nikki is referring to, and this is the perfect time to do it. The other thing I would mention too is that um, a lot of times kids have ideas. And if we ask them about it, they can give us those thoughts. And then this can end a lot of the conflict. I also think, you know, we've talked about Mr. Rogers and the helpers. Um, I employ other helpers. So for instance, my daughter very proudly today told me that she doesn't need to know math facts, that she can use a calculator and that her teacher, who I'll be having words with, said that they can use calculators whenever. So I didn't fight with her. I asked one of the college girls are you allowed to do that at the SATs and under certain other circumstances? And I let them go ahead and tell her, you know, Lucy, you really need to know these math facts. Like they're going to come up, blah, 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 blah. So use other people. We may be social distancing, but we have relatives. We have people who are willing to call, willing to chat with our kids, willing to tell them how they failed out of college because they didn't put structure in place. And you may want to actually do that. Like, there's other people who can help you with your kids during this time. They may not be in your house, but they can be just a phone call or a Zoom call away. Well, and I just want to add something, Caroline, to your your book. I forgot about that. You have a wonderful chapter of actual questions, too. You have examples of you can ask these questions. So definitely, I just want to recommend that to people who are looking for the words. Like, how do I... How do I say this? What do I say? It's in your book. I know it's a little bit of a different context because you're talking about the social piece of it, but it's the same questions. It can, it, 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 it's, it's 
the same idea, right? So highly recommend that. Uh, and also, yes, Amazon is delivering. The struggle is, have you, have you gotten any word on delays? Because I'm hearing that this morning, Amazon has completely rejiggered their supply chain. And now any non-essential items are being pushed way out. Uh, like you want a guitar cord? April 21st. You and so uh I'm curious how that's going to that's going to impact. Do an ebook. Yeah. Right? That, so that's what I was going to say. We'll post the link yeah. to the Kindle version. There's yeah. a few things. So why will no one play with me is available on Kindle and on audiobook, yep. which I know many of us like I when I say I read a book, I really mean I'm listening to the book. So you can get why will no one play with me that way, but the other thing is um, I, I know the president of Heshat, the publishing company, which is like the second biggest publisher in America, wrote us all over the weekend to assure us that despite the apocalypse, like we are still going to yeah. sell books and to calm down. Um, and one of the things he was saying is that he, at the time, Amazon wasn't stopped, but you can order it you know, even through my website, if you literally type in carolinemaguireauthor.com or play better, you know, Barnes and Noble, all of those people are still delivering. Um, I am, as you know, a shopper, my only (laughs) hobby is shopping. Um, and, um, I'm, I'm doing a lot of little projects in the house because I feel like I have time. Um, and so I'm still getting a ton of packages. (laughs) That's good. <laughs> well, you can still get packages, and uh, that is all good. But just it, it, the abundance of caution and, uh, it, you know, in, in terms of efficiency, we will definitely put the links to the Kindle and audiobook versions uh, mm-hmm. in the show notes. You can get mm-hmm. those right now today. Do it right now today. And uh, Caroline even uh, narrates the book. I do. It took years off my life. <laughs> it's so buy it. hard. <laughs> Yeah, that's fantastic. So good on you, Caroline. And uh, other than that, you already put you already pitched yourself. Look at you. You dropped the links and we're going to put those in the show notes, too. Uh, and our deepest, deepest thanks for you joining Thank us you today. Thank you so much. Yeah. You came yep. short notice. Yep. I think I, I I texted you or not texted you, but emailed you like what, maybe a week and a half ago. I'm like, I know this is really short notice. Can you do this? And you were so happy to do it. And I'm so thrilled. Thank you so much. Oh, no. Thank you, guys. I love doing this. And I I really... I'm trying to balance, right? I think we have to realize these are difficult times for everyone and to hold ourselves less accountable, right? Give ourselves a break. On the other hand, one of my struggles that I'll just say is that you know people are writing me from all over the world. And one thing they're writing me is... Well, you know, I guess we'll just not do any of this social skills stuff because we're at home. And that breaks my heart because waiting is not the answer. So I have been writing a lot of articles about how you do this at home and how you have this huge opportunity to connect with your kids and to to make eye contact, to have family dinners, to work on chit chat, to work on, you know, having conversations with them. So I'm trying to balance. Like on the one hand, let yourself off the hook. If you know they watch a little more TV, understand that's part of it. And on the other hand, I do feel like life should continue to go a little bit because we 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 have actually such a lovely opportunity where a lot of the stuff that pulls us as parents is no longer forcing, you know, I'm not forced to spend five hours a Saturday at a pool, which means I have time to also, you know, my daughter and I are both reading Diary of Anne Frank. And so we're reading together and it's good. It's good perspective. It reminds us not to whine so much because like it could be worse, you know? 
that is an ironic uh, choice for living in quarantine. Is that is that the same vibe as, you know, why everybody suddenly wants to watch the movie Contagion? I think it's kind of the same vibe. It was on our list and um, they had a they had had a parent child, you know, choice thing last month. So we read Call of the Wild and I felt that we all needed a little perspective. So, yes, there is an irony and a sort of weirdness to choosing a book about staying in place but i do think like it's important to remember that like you're in place but you have internet electricity internet (laughs) video internet game boy you know like there's not war and bombs dropping on you and no one's coming for you so like i think that that's a good thing for kids to remember too absolutely and for us right and for us oh absolutely gets yeah. yeah well uh, again thank you caroline uh you are uh, i'll say it again you're a ray of sunshine you uh-huh. really are <laughs> that's right, that's right. Aww, thank uh, and thank you. you everybody for downloading and listening to this show we sure appreciate you hanging in with us and uh, and listening along as we too navigate uncertain territory on behalf of caroline mcguire and nikki kinzer i'm pete wright we'll catch you next time right here on taking control the adhd podcast